Let me this. This ah. episode of Getting Tabled is brought hey, wait, to you by. When it's stuffed up one screen, it's actually stuffed up both, but I didn't realize. I'm glad I was checking this now and not halfway through the podcast. Run sheet. It's to be that one. All right. You're okay to go. This episode of Getting Tabled is brought to you by Valhalla Hobby. Use code TABLE to get 5% off any order over $100. One use only. Thank you for sponsoring us. ValhallaHobby.com. Brought to you by some guys on the internet. This is Getting Tabled. With your hosts, Jason the Bruce. You guy! George the Yang. I hope you're all entertained by my inaptitude. Jason, a.k.a. Major Socks. We've been doing this and talking about various stuff. One of the stuff. Now sit back, relax, and get tabled. Hello, future people, and welcome to episode 125 of Getting Tabled with your host, the episode 125, yes, with yes. your host, the Bruce. Hello, folks. Welcome to another episode. It's just me and George this week because Major Socks is, I don't remember, he's with some sort of family. I think it's his wife's family. I could be wrong. Yeah, and uh, it's it's George and I. Me and George are here. <laughs> what, what you people that are watching us on YouTube don't know is that that opening, we always are posing and stuff for the camera and it never actually comes across because it's completely replaced <laughs> also i dressed up for you today george oh how sweet of you <sighs> it's been an interesting fortnight to say the least we've had some really good stuff there's some stuff that we've predicted that's happening that i think are a lot worse than people are realizing it is mm-hmm. um and yeah I think this is probably going to be the last time we have that conversation, maybe. Well, there's going to be one last conversation, and it will be the final conversation. So, uh, But yeah. let's, let's do this. Newly received or noteworthy information, especially about recent or important events. So we're starting with something a little bit different. Um, a couple of months ago, there was a game released called Star Trek Away Missions, and we haven't really covered it up until now uh, because it came out at a time where there was a lot of stuff that came out, so I kind of just left it. There's been some expansions that came out, though, so I want to very... Before we look at the expansions, I just very quickly want to look at that starter set just purely because it'll give some context as to what we're talking about. So this is a board game, not a war game. It's a board game. Uh, it does have miniatures and you'll notice they're extremely cartoony miniatures like they are very much big head cartoony type miniatures i don't think they're awful they're very much marmite though like the, people seem to either really love them or really hate them there doesn't seem to be much middle ground on this um, so so here's my thought and reasoning what's one of the hardest things to to sculpt and reproduce and remanufacture accurately at scale people yeah there's a reason and why the simpsons only have three fingers there's a reason why everything's disproportionate yeah. is because it's really really hard to replicate and reproduce um and do it i think this looks okay like yeah i mean th this is also a relatively cheap board game too i mean it's not cheap cheap but it's certainly not expensive it's like this is something that's being sold at mass retail uh mm -hmm. this is by gale force gale force nine too so it's it's a decent company with a decent reputation um there's been some decent reviews of it out there um it's 
it's getting like fairly decent reviews. Like it's not groundbreaking the game of the year, but it's getting some decent reviews. Um, so in the game is set up so that it's asymmetrical. It's not even. It's designed that way on purpose. There's more of the Borg than there are of the um, of the Enterprise, but they don't all turn up at the same time, and they've got different missions that work very differently. And that kind of continues across into the expansions. So the two expansions I wanted to look at today are Picard and Kirk. Uh, there's also, an, actually, I might even look at Scotty too, but let's look at those two first. So Picard is another Enterprise crew, obviously, but this one's being led by Picard. Uh, and we have Wesley. Uh, I'm, is that who's meant to be in the background? I believe that's supposed to be Wesley in the background. It's. Let me see if I can zoom in. I, I'm terrible with the names of the characters. So uh, yeah, that appears to be, yeah, that appears to be Wesley with uh, Jordy LaForge, Beverly Crusher, and Deanna Troy. Deanna Troy is the one I was struggling with, yeah. Uh, and again, it continues being very, very cartoony. Um I will say this, Patrick Stewart. Like Patrick Stewart has the perfect head to do big yeah. and cartoony. Yep. And, yeah, and, he really does. And, and Sir Patrick, if, if you hear me say that, I mean with the, the most respects I possibly can. I have a photo <laughs> with Picard, and I love it. I treasure it. And we also have Kirk, because, well, you eventually have to go back and do the originals. Oh, hang on. That's, I must have clicked on the wrong one. No, I haven't clicked on the wrong one. What you'll notice when you look at the Kirk one is when you click on the miniatures, it shows Picard again. Yep. Uh, look at the game box. I We'll zoom in. It looks like we got, of course, Spock. Uh... Check off, and I can't identify the other one. Yeah, I can't. You can't. I tried zooming in a little, but I can't quite make out who it is. My, my guess it would it be, be uh, uh, McCoy or Sulu. It's going to be one of those two. It's not Sulu. I don't think it's Sulu. I could be wrong. Um, well, let's look at the Scotty one because yeah, the Scotty one is not out yet. Uh, but Sulu is. Yeah, Sulu's in in the Scotty one. Yes, yeah, that's Sulu Ahura, and looks like a random red shirt. Yeah, it, it may be somebody's. Oh, hang on, it actually what? says it's Leslie at the bottom yeah leslie so yeah it's a random red shirt probably that probably means that i can go back to picard and oh they don't tell you never mind <laughs> what does kirk say uh contains kirk spock Chekhov, and mccoy hey i was right i like being right sometimes so like it's it's a fairly simple thing i mean you've also got the dura sisters this is an expansion that's already out uh, and this is very much no this is it's just klingons um apparently from a play style perspective the klingons are very much um like they're very much um, like aggressive and like kind of how you would expect them to play. Yeah, but, um, but the Duras sisters are dishonorable to Oh, okay. I don't remember the, the, the Duras sisters. Um, I remember Chancellor Garon. So, yeah, so uh, the Duras sisters are the equivalent of uh, oh, dude, I can't even think of anything. Uh, they're the, the spy master backstabbers. Like, they worked with the Romulans a lot. Oh, okay, yep. Nope. They're, 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 yep, definitely. Uh, speaking of the Romulans, there is another again, this is a box set that's already out uh but we do have a rob Milan set as well oh it's got tasha yar's daughter in it i don't remember who that is uh, i'm i did watch the original series uh I, i'm not someone so, who re-watches the original series because it, it i prefer next generation that that's just the one sure, that sure. really yeah. landed seal was the daughter of tasha yar tasha yar was the original head of security board the enterprise d she was killed oh. by armor skin of evil and then there was an episode of next generation where the enterprise c traveled forward in time thus causing causing a rift and the klingon and the federation 
were at war and Tasha Yar went back in time since she was already dead to help out the Enterprise C. She survived, um, hooked up with a Romulan and had a daughter named Sela. Uh, okay. Yep. No, that makes sense. Um, so Star Trek is one of these things where like that's been kind of very unlucky as a franchise with the games. Like there is essentially an equivalent for X-Wing that actually came out first. Yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, X-Wing came out and kind of blew it out of the water. Th- was, uh, it was Star Wars Attack Wing. I think it was a uh, Star Trek Fleet Command is what it was called. Who was that? that I don't remember. Uh, but they seem to have hit the nail on the head with this no, one pretty well. It, um, it's been accepted fairly well. It's It's been reviewed fairly well. Uh, there's differing opinions on whether people like the boxes or not because they kind of displayed to look really good on the shelf. Oh, but it's Star Trek it. Attack Wing. Like it's, oh, it's Attack Wing. Okay. Yeah, it's... <laughs> um, and I will say this. So if, if you couldn't tell, Bruce, I, I know quite a few uh, things or two about Star Trek and I, I do thoroughly love and enjoy that franchise. And I will not crap on Star Wars or Star Trek and those because those are fantastic uh, intellectual properties as well. But I will say this, when it comes to the success of toys and games and stuff like that, Star Trek, just it, there's something about the intellectual property. It makes great TV, it makes great movies, but it doesn't work for expanding out from that. I think part of the problem historically with, because I, I watched, did you see the TV show, The Toys That Made Us? It's a Netflix special. Uh, Yes, I've there's watched part some of, of it. that I, that touched on the Star Trek universe and as much as yes I know this is not a toy channel but um, historically kind of people just kind of threw anything they could at Star Trek to see what worked mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to Star Wars where it was very very carefully done um, well so, so here's the thing and, 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 and this is this will be the last little tangent on this so Star Wars right you had the Empire you had the Rebels right you had this good yep. and evil balance it then also you had, it lends itself better right yeah and then you have like some other factions that you know they work with or they're against and, and like everything gets a lot of almost equal coverage right mm-hmm. star trek it is all about the federation and how the federation interacts with everything else the problem with star trek from a gaming perspective or let's just say war gaming perspective mm-hmm. is i think you could make a very serious argument that the war side of star trek is not the point it's mm-hmm. almost where in most other franchises that's where the excitement comes from for star trek it's almost the boring part because it's the part that nobody that's not what we're here for with star trek we're supposed to be looking at like we're exploring the human mind through fantasy in space and so forth and i'll, it's not I'll argue war. with the, you on the uh, the last uh four seasons of deep space nine were solely focused on war so well yes but i also um, haven't seen deep space nine i just mean as a franchise generally yeah it's well, it yeah, never you're, really you're not wrong that concentrated on war yeah but I mean, if you look at star wars you know it's just like you know an sg1 has the same problem that star trek does every episode has the main primary faction if you look at star wars mandalorian there's no jedi well there's hardly any Jedi in that. You know, the, mm-hmm. the movies, it's the good versus bad. And then you've got these TV shows where it's these other little, you know, like they've expanded on. And if you look at, it's only from this one point of view in this one interact. So yeah. I think that's why you don't see the success. Star Trek is a political show. Um, and, and I'm sorry, but it is. That was always supposed to be that. Uh, where Star Wars is essentially a Western, uh, which mm-hmm. lends itself to gaming very easily. Yeah. Uh, but tangents aside, we have long stories 
coming up later. War Cradle. So we got four new boxes coming. Uh, Sox has given us an opinion on some of this. I think what we'll do is we'll kind of go through and browse through them, and then I might get you to read what Sox has to say at the end. So I'm going to start with the Honorable Eclipse, which is another flying one. So we've got blimps and everything in this again, which is glorious. Uh, so the Honorable Eclipse Company has spread through the militia forces of the Union of Federation Space. Oh, sorry, um, States. Uh, we have blimps Federation again. Space. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That's because we were just talking about Star Trek. That is what you call a Freudian slip. Yep, 100%. I, I really, really like these, though. Uh, I, 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 don't, I, I like the aesthetic of these as well, too. It's it's a very different uh, dirigible look. Yeah. I, I will say I do prefer the look of the German ones that we've looked at previously. I know they're not called German in the game. It's just that's how I'm remembering them. Um, but I really, really like these. These feel more... They're more long-gated. They're, they're more aerodynamic, sort of. Uh, I mean, as aerodynamic as a giant bullet can be. But because that's, that's essentially what this looks kind like. Kind of the giant point of a bullet is to be aerodynamic. I know. Um, kind of my I will say I like the little, you know, lack of better words, uh, little uh, mini shield helicarriers with the four vertical uh, prop engines. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I quite like the launch too, even though as a, like, it doesn't really make a lot of sense, but I don't care. It just looks cool. The I, recon I don't know airship. If you, if you could, you know, the scroll through it to the, uh, the one that has the uh, open front with the flight deck sticking out of it. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's right down there in the bottom corner. <laughs> uh, the other yeah. thing, too, I, th I think is an interesting choice is if you look at every, you know, lighter than air airship, you know, dirigible, where's yep. the uh, cockpit area? It's always mounted to the underside. These guys are sitting on top. Yes. Now, I assume that there's probably a good reason, physics, why they're on the bottom usually, but this is essentially a fiction. It's, it doesn't really matter. It's whatever works in the universe you've created. Uh, well, like, I maybe would their reasoning is just purely and simply that, well, now you can tell the difference. I mean, there's very big I would assume they're on the bottom because gravity, so if like if that gets out of yeah. balance, it's going to flip it upside down, and then everything's going to be the wrong way up. And yeah, this you, this lives in a universe where there's kind of other technologies that's been built because of things and stuff, so they can kind of do whatever they want to some extent. Um, moving on, we also have the Crimson League battle set, which is very different. Yeah, I'm just looking at the front. Yeah, so this is from the Sultan, so it's another Sultanese type faction. Uh, very much UFO looking things, honestly. Uh, or at least for the main giant battleship thing, it's very much like that is just a spaceship and I really like it. But yeah, then we move it's... off into other things where things start looking like submarines that fly, sort of. I was going to say it has a very uh, uh, Captain Nemo um, Nautilus feel from League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the movie. Yeah, with the, uh, yeah I the, agree. Um, the flourishing, I guess. And I like the oh. fact that like we have like the Persian style temples on it, mm -hmm. although Persian is probably the wrong word. It's just like those dome, it comes from that area of the world. Uh, it also, um, Taj Mahal, sort of, although it's not Taj Mahal for the rest of it. But. Well, you can even argue uh, Russia has a similar uh, aesthetic too with the Kremlin. Yeah, and so. that's, they get they get it from the Persians largely, as far as I remember. I could be wrong on that. But I, I like the fact that like they kind of feel like they're flying temples, sort of. Mm -hmm. It feels like you're looking at somebody that has a lot of money and has thrown it at their spaceship. Oh, I, lo I really like the small ones, where it's yeah, like it got a an engine and a sail. That's really cool. Well, I like how it's kind of corkscrewed. Yeah. So you can imagine that it's actually going to be flying and spinning at the same time. I really like that. Yeah. I think that might be my favorite. We now have the Indian Raj Frontline Squadrons. So this is more of an expansion on something we've seen previously. This one comes with a couple of tactical cruisers, which look very nice. Yep. A couple of monitors. And it looks like, yeah, we're also getting some platforms as well. I'm, so this is... I'm pretty underwhelmed by those platforms. They just look like regular platforms, yeah. Some of the other ones 
ones that we've seen have been mm-hmm. th- they've had more individual flourishings on them. Uh, the escort class is also kind of really. It looks like it's just one piece. I don't really like that. You're reacting to something, but I don't know what it is. It's it's the it's the fourth one. The fourth one, as in the fourth picture. The the fourth uh, battle set. Oh right, okay. I don't have to go in order because I'm not being recorded. <laughs> <laughs> the cheer. Oh yeah, no, I'm agreeing with you on this. So what that... were you saying about the previous one that we, we were talking about? Because I'm going to say that for this one too. That submarine is straight Nautilus. No, uh, that is um uh oh, what is that? I'm gonna Google. Uh, no, it might be twenty thousand leagues under the sea. That's more what I'm thinking. Maybe that's what maybe that's what I'm thinking as well. I really, really like this. Yeah, it's to the point that. where that subnautical explorer, and I'm just going to say that this now might be my new favorite thing from their entire line, like miniature wise. Um, from dystopian wars in general, that might be my new favorite miniature. Um, for a very long time, it was essentially the flying cities, and I still love those flying cities. But this is gorgeous. I should probably look at the rest of them as well very alien looking like very very alien looking that's what it's giving me the feel of it's from Bioshock see that yeah because it kind of looks like the big daddies mm-hmm. um, oh, you could paint it up to look like one of them too because I search I search fantasy submarines and like 50% of the images look like that with that glass bubble front yeah. and there's no like one single specific like oh it's blah 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 it's just everything has that look and then yep. it's just you know, like the dude from Bioshock he has that that very gym suit i guess is what it is like that yeah so i i'm really liking this box set uh, it just it looks extremely alien uh command matthias albar gazed into the future ports trying to figure out who it's for so this is for the enlightened i think covenant of the enlightened okay yep yeah so it's an enlightened thing so it looks alien because that's basically where they've taken all their technology from uh check out the what the paraxialia class option for submarine yep it's a really 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 cool i really like what they've done here um it's really really hard to say because there are some really good looking big cruisers you know Sox has got a couple that he's painted up and yeah. um, a couple of those big platforms but i think this uh uh what is that what how would you, how did you pronounce that shion shion she shion is how i said it but i could be wrong yeah. uh could be I think, yeah i think that is probably hands down Shione-y. the best looking miniature in this game the the, the shion class subnautical, subnautical explorer. explorer yes yeah i i don't i don't think any of the any other miniatures come close to what this miniature looks like no this is outstanding they've done a really really good job with this um so what did socks have to say about this uh let's see where did that at uh it's nice to see huh. it's nice to see the honorable eclipse company and uh, uh, cribs of, cribs of league sets sold separately this allows players to purchase these forces without needing to buy the original two-player set if they only wanted one of the mercenary forces the shield submarine looks amazing and clearly shows two of the three little subs on the model did we miss that oh shoot look right behind the bubble on the submarine it's got the smaller submarines attached to the big submarine oh yeah so oh, that's cool glad we read that i would have missed that completely uh <laughs> uh this also this may be a mechanic in the game where the mothership is able to launch a set of number smaller subs in the game the indian raj front line is a good set to increase the number of support ships needed to expand players a player's indian raj battlefleet set so um he, he agrees with us on the the look at that submarine and apparently caught something that we hilariously missed because if you go and look at the unpainted portion the with what all's in the box you can clearly see that those are subs attached to the side of that big sub yeah 
I I kind of feel like he might be right on that. Maybe it's going to spawn them. Uh, or it, it could just be for an aesthetics. It's really hard to know for sure. But yeah, I really, really like this box set. All right. Time to get into our first. Now, hang on. I've done reorders. What is supposed to be next? Is um, it the big story? Uh, so, yeah. Now we've got the big story. All right. So, time to get into some controversy. So, we have been talking about Mythic Games for a long time. This time last year, I made the prediction that they would be out of business by the end of 2023. That did not end up becoming true. But hey, let's have a discussion as to why. They have sold two of their games that they were working on before they've delivered them. And that's the mm-hmm. important part of this story, first and foremost. So, Hell the Last Saga. And I'm trying to remember, what the, what's the other one that they sold? Anastir, or however Anastir, it's pronounced. that's right. The, the last one that they tried to launch. Second to uh, last one. There was another one after Anastir? Rise of the Necromancer. That was done on GameFound. Because... Uh, Yes, they couldn't have right. Rise of Necromancer on Kickstarter because they already had six pending campaigns and they were prohibited from launching a seventh. Yeah. So yeah, um, on the 26th of January, am I remembering that correctly? Because I don't have the link pulled up yet. Uh, yeah, 26th uh, of January. 26th according to you, yep. Uh, Kickstarter, or on Mythic Games posted on Kickstarter that they had sold these intellectual properties to CMON. Um, this is probably from someone who's out a couple hundred dollars on Hellblast Saga and whatnot. This is probably best case scenario because as much as you say Simon doesn't mean on crowdfunding which I'm not going to disagree with. I also Simon, haven't said that yet. Yeah. Simon has never failed to deliver anything. No, they they have they have never failed a Kickstarter. So, and, and so... They've never they've never always delivered what people wanted, but they have never failed to deliver a product. Which, I'm glad you you said it that way because the next message from Simon, which Mythic Games posted on the Kickstarter for both Anastasia and hell was they're taking over if you are a backer of this level you will get a copy of the game that simon prints the core copy if they make anything else you have to buy that so so here's here's the next issue uh this is specifically for hell the last saga mythic said hell was essentially finished they needed to do some translation get a couple a couple more things done and it was ready to be made which we've been questioning the truth on that subject for a very long time well and and i think this pretty much confirms we were right simon says this game is not not ready for release yeah and, because and, it was and, all a lie well it, and, and there's two parts to that as the game is right now maybe that's something that mythic was okay with uh launching you know the uh joan of arc 1.5 you know that was a uh a, a crap show of you know not being finished um and whatnot they so, haven't exactly been known for finishing their products yeah so so maybe they felt it was and simon's like mm, yeah nah um also for what simon wants to move this game forward as far as maybe continuing and supporting it and creating expansions for it, they need to tweak it for their game style, which yeah. they've got plenty to pull from to make it something that they can continue to make stuff for and continue to sell. Um, but the fact that Simona says, you backers will get a copy of this, you have to pay for the shipping and fat. So now here's here's my, all things considered, I am very okay with, with this um, result. I'm not an Anastir backer. Those people are out hundreds of more dollars than what I am. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. now here's the next. There is some speculation that's going to follow this, but we're just concentrating on what the actual story is for the yeah. moment. So now here's the next part. So yep. Mythic has brought in $3 million roughly on these two campaigns. Mm-hmm. They've collected VAT and shipping for these two campaigns and now have sold the intellectual property. So that means they've gotten more money. Guaranteed it's a poultry figure compared to what they raised for it, but they've still gotten yeah. more money. Now they no longer own it. They're still in business and they're not going to ship this. And and I've seen some people say, no, 
owe this they don't owe us this money back and i've seen a lot of people say no they don't own this product anymore they can't ship it they have to refund the vat and shipping that they collected because that was by to law. send the by, that was to send the product and to pay the, you know the value added tax for the countries that collect that so if anything i think a lot of people are you know owed at least 40 50 bucks for shipping whether anything happens from that that's another story yeah um, now you and i have discussed this back and forth quite frequently and i continue to come back to the point of i don't think you're going to see that law or otherwise i think they will fight tooth and nail to hold on to every dollar that they can because this has been a giant scam from the start and we all know that at this point yeah well um, so and, and, and i think using the term scam a scam is a little harsh i mean i don't think oh, there's I, don't. An, I don't think there was any intent of not delivering the game i think there was the issue of leo did a crap job of managing this company with oh, yeah. real world That's stuff that happened true. and they've you know they're trying to find their ass with both hands and they've got nothing to grab yep so um and i i really hope that you know there's an because european law is a lot more favorable towards this than than american laws and i really hope um a lot of the european backers are able to contact the eu contact the french government and stuff like that because this money that was collected was intended to go to these governments to pay for these shipping costs and everything and so that right there that's that the government should be involved with that and then go after mythic for that regardless yeah. period um here's here's the important thing here like you are legally owed this money whether mm -hmm. they want to give it to you or not and regardless of whether they intend to give it back to you or not if you want it i would be arguing that you need to start you need to start speaking up about it and that means mm -hmm. that you need to report it to your local authorities that deal with this sort of thing uh you might have trouble in australia because the ACCC doesn't generally touch um kickstarter stuff you could, i would certainly still recommend that you try and give them all of the information that you can um because anything will help but in australia you will struggle uh america i'm not 100 percent. i don't think that your authorities will touch this either uh it would have to be a court case and that will cost you more than it's going to be worth i would argue in Which... europe you actually have a spine here and i would be using that spine to ensure that you get every cent that you are owed so now in now france here... you are entitled to a full refund but that's specifically france well because eu law even views kickstarter projects like this as a pre-order so yeah. and that's where the laws are more favorable so and i'm just going to go through because this is another big thing that has a lot of people irked too so poor languages for hell right they were going to be english french spanish uh german oh this uh, is part of their that they kept on over promising everything and then not delivering it yeah well well they're not delivering anything no simon has said they're only doing english and french yeah so which is not unusual which is not unusual for them yeah it's so yeah it's there's a lot of these european non-english non-french speaking countries that were like cool i can get this game in my language and they're not going to get it now yeah so so sp you mentioned earlier that it was at a specific so it's specifically the berserk pledge and higher that you're getting the option of a free game if you're below that you're just out of money well, unfortunately so so there's no below that so it's the berserker pledge for hell and the campaign or uh starts with a c for companion, companion. those are the bottom level tiers you have oh, to be okay. one that, of those backers fine, you that, have to be one of those then. backers to get it however anything that is a kickstarter exclusive add-on or stretch goal will not be in this core set so if you have spent hundreds of thousands well not hundreds of if you've spent a very large amount of money in this you're still only going to get a core game out of it mm -hmm. so that is the downside so anything that... in mind though like simon are not required to give you anything and i want to make this very clear because mm -hmm. i 
will, if I feel like a company should be hearing the truth, I will give it. And I have put Simon, maybe not on blast, but I've given them negative feedback significantly in the past. Mm-hmm. Simon are not required to do anything at this point. The fact that they're offering you at all anything at all is already a very big deal. Because mm-hmm. um, they are not legally required to do that. Um, I think that goes to show the value that they have seen from this. And this is where I want to get into some of, some of the well, speculation. Because realistically, I really don't think they've paid very much for this. Because no, they don't. don't really have anything. I mean, it was a very interesting sounding game, but there was no product here. Yeah, It was an so, intellectual property that basically has its reputation in the toilet. So here, here's here's what I'll say on that. So um, I think by doing this, so it says one thousand or 17,757 backers, right? Mm-hmm. I think we could safely say a third of those backers probably already have Simon product on their shelf easily, right? Yeah. By, by doing this, those other two thirds of backers who are jaded, bitter, upset, and angry will now be Simon fans. Will now be Simon fans. So by doing this, call it an act of, of charity and goodwill. But yeah, Simon, that's basically how I look at it. Simon has just increased their fan base significantly by doing the this. Other thing, the other thing they have done, and I want to make this very clear, this is an opinion, not a fact. Simon mm-hmm. have helped Mythic stay open for X amount of months or a mm-hmm. year. Uh, because I think it's pretty safe to say that Mythic would have been dead if it wasn't mm-hmm. for the fact that this happened. Um, so Mythic have been, and they will not admit this, but everybody is reporting on this and have been for a very long time. Mythic have been denying this every time it's been brought up. But Mythic have been circling the drain for a good year and a half, if not longer at this point. Yeah. Um, they have been bleeding money here, there, and everywhere. Uh, and should we kind of get on to this last article in response to... I got two more things uh, yep. real quick. So uh, I'm going to estimate, uh, and this is just a rough estimate. Uh, so they you know, they got $2.2 million for Hal. I think Simon probably at most paid him 220000 That would be extremely generous, I feel. Right. I, I, I feel that that's a chunk of money that Simon has to say, I will take this intellectual property and produce this game and, and be able to give away that core game. Um, it, it depends on how... Because they said everything was finished, right? So in theory, mm-hmm. that means all of the sculpts and everything. So if that was true, and I would still argue that's a very large if, because I genuinely mm-hmm. don't believe that it ever was. There, there, there were, if there that were, was true... There were then, sculpts that they showed final you know, approvals on that were ready to go for molds. So why wasn't that delivered? And this is the problem I have. That's, if it was finished, it should have been done. And this is why I don't believe yeah, it. Yeah, so... But if it is true, that would mean that there was more of a product to purchase. So that may have meant that that amount of money may have gone up. But it's still not going to be a large amount of money. I, that, that's why I think I think 10% of, of the Kickstarter campaign value, I think that's a very generous estimate of, you know... It's I, not I, enough I, that it'll keep Mythic open forever. And they right. are running out of IPs to sell. So, it, well, and here, here's the next thing too is, uh, and this is my last thing before we move on to the, this last article, which also take that with a grain of salt too. Um, oh, yeah. So Rise of the Necromancers was their last campaign. It raised next to nothing. Yep. Uh, I think like 50,000 or a couple hundred thousand or something like like a drop in the bucket in comparison. Oh. Yeah, e- enough that there probably wasn't going to be enough for that to ever be successful to begin mm-hmm. with. And then the last one that's in a big question is Monster Apocalypse because yeah. that is someone else's IP that they licensed. So they are probably under some form of they have to do something with that. Yeah. And at this point, with what it was, it's, they were just turning a essentially a war game into a board game. Yep. So hopefully that's what they sold these two IPs for was to get money to get these two the print 
printer to get them made and then say we need this amount per pledge to actually ship this to you like they've done with their last projects so um but that's it for that so this last article yep now first uh, and foremost before we go into the details on this because some people are going to look at this and go well is this just somebody giving them a lending them an ear and letting them say what they want this particular this particular news source reported on the news and i'm going to read this headline mythic fails to deliver on two kickstarter projects worth 3.2 million dollars sells ip to cmon so this is a news article this is a news source that is just going to tell things like they are it's not just somebody lending them an ear and being nice i just think that's an important context given the rest of the way that this is going to be discussed right and we're not going to dive too too deep into this um but with everything else that's happened over the last i'm going to say two years with mythic of you know the misinformation the misleading the the outright lies and lying that they've done so first and foremost threatening someone's life and harm and whatnot that's just a dick move don't do it period 100 percent. and it happens it happens online way too frequently now yeah it's absolutely disgusting so so first and foremost flat out just not cool doxing i'm sorry leo you own a company you have screwed up and literally lost people hundreds of dollars in per person your your name is on the paperwork don't cry about doxing your name is on legal paperwork associated with the company that's public information public record stop crying also you've lied about everything else how do we know this isn't just some sob story to make people feel bad about like being ma- mad at him i don't give two craps he's lost millions of dollars in projects um he says he's he's still paying rent and hasn't been paid for the last year and a half w- what kind of crappy manager are you if if the company was going under and losing this kind of money and you said oh well i bought myself a nice house i'd feel less bad about that because at least you like were some sort of like capitalist jerk and you know spent money on yourself instead of losing everything and not paying yourself and living like a pauper jeez to, to be fair the rent that he's paying may be for the company not for himself personally no in the that, article it says his apartment oh okay never mind he still pay he doesn't own a house he's still paying rent for where he lives yeah i'm sorry if, if i was going to mismanage a company some of that mismanagement would have been half a million into a bank account to buy myself a nice house yeah so in part of this article, he talks on the fact that he he claims that he's been receiving death threats. Um, I'm going to give the same comment here that I gave to you um, in our chat, which was basically, honestly, I wouldn't entirely be surprised given the subject that we're discussing. Uh, but at the same time, I wouldn't entirely be surprised if this is just because it's an easy claim to make mm-hmm. when you know that people are angry at you. Give, um, give me the receipts. In this article, he even goes on to say hell was finished. But in the post that Mythic published on Kickstarter from Simon, where Simon laid out what they're doing, Simon said the game's not finished. So again, yeah. he's still saying it was finished. Someone's lying, and the fact that Simon has failed to deliver, and they say this isn't finished, we need to retool this, and then we'll get you the game. I'm believing them. I'm going to believe yeah. everything they say on hell from this point forward, and anything that contradicts what Mythic has said or what Leo has said about that game. Mythic and Leo have been lying, period, because yeah. reputation. Leo and Mythic have absolutely zero reputation left, and so whatever they said it's it's complete bull yeah and unless it's documented unless leo sends a put prints out an email and it has header information showing that it was sent through a mailer domain with ip addresses and stuff like that was some saying i'm going to kill you i don't believe a word of it period again it wouldn't surprise me people have been saying it but given everything else i find it difficult to believe Mm -hmm. well not that i find it it's not that i don't find it difficult to believe i just said that i found it very easy to believe Mm -hmm. but i find it very difficult to 
to believe things that he says, uh, especially when we've already seen other people make similar claims when we knew for a fact that it never happened. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's not a comment directed at Mythic. It's directed at someone else, um, which is a story that we have not discussed publicly, but But we'll at some stage. Um, You raised Monster Apocalypse and Mm -hmm. Rise of the Necromancer. Uh, Basically, he says outright that they're going to be asking for more money for those games. So, uh, again, okay. this is so not I'll, good. But let me backtrack one thing. It, not saying I won't believe anything Leo says. No, no, I believe that. I believe that they're going to bank oh, yeah. more money because, well, it's what they've done in the past. So, yeah. Um, there, people, there's are, a, people, are, people are in a really hard spot because should mm-hmm. they be expected to give more money? No. Damn right, mm-hmm. they should not. The fact that they are being asked for more, for more money is disgusting. But what so, do people do? It's either yeah. that or they get absolutely nothing and all of their money is thrown away none of this is okay it's all manipulation it's Mm. all it's just complete disgusting disregard of the fact that these whether it's mismanagement deliberately or otherwise and i fail to believe that not all of this is deliberate some of this is genuine mismanagement that is very clear but you can't tell me that you get seven games into this and it's not manipulation and deliberate propaganda at that point Mm -hmm. at some point some of that is failure at some point that changed from failure in mismanagement to deliberately trying to keep ahead of this before it catches up with us. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, I'm going to say one more thing, and I think we'll we'll finish this out, and the next time we'll talk about Mythic is when they actually shut their doors. Um, Probably. There's or, a, there's... or when we when we eat crow and say, nope, we've actually got evidence that this has been delivered. Yeah. Because well, I will happily do that. Yeah. Um, if they deliver these last two campaigns, I mean, fine, whatever, but after that, I don't think they have enough reputation, reputation left to stay in business in the industry. No, there's no way. Because in order for them to do another game, they would have to crowdfund, and no one at this point is going to touch them. Because at, at this point, everyone's just like, oh no, they'll be fine, they'll be fine, they'll be fine, and now it's just like, they've asked for money on two campaigns, now they've sold two campaigns without delivering them. Like, if you still think Mythic is a great company, oh, here, I need to I need to bring this up too, sorry. Um, You know, you're, you need to like wake up and, and smell the roses. Because uh, Mythic yeah. has turned off the ability to leave a review of their company on their Facebook page. Reviews have been turned off. Oh, actually, that's a good point because you also can't contact them in any way either. You, The only way you can contact them now is through email. You cannot yep. message them on Facebook. They will tell you to email them when you message them on Kickstarter. Um, then the last, and so the, the the pages that they manage for Hell and Anastir, they have turned off commenting on those. So members of those pages cannot post onto those pages anymore. Yeah, so, which, which it, is... We're going out of business 101. Well, you can still comment on Siege 6. You can still comment on Dark No, no, no. As in, when people are preparing to go out of business and don't want to have to give refunds, this mm-hmm. is what people do. Yeah. So, especially scammers. Yeah. So, uh, the last thing I'm going to end on is there's a fable. You, you've heard of it. It's called The Boy Who Cried Wolf. Yeah. That's what, that's what Leo's doing. And, and they've cried too many times, and no one has sympathy or support left for them, I think. It's hard to at this point because uh, even with the evidence, that we've seen of Siege 6 getting its stuff done. Um, in theory, it's I, on boats. So in, in theory, it's on boats, but I don't know how many people believe that they're ever going to receive it at this point.
point. I mean, in theory, there's no way that they can't, but I'm still yep. sitting here going, I don't know if they're going to get it uh, because it's hard not to think that at this point. Um, all of the links to everything we've discussed will be in the show notes unless they turn it to turn it off into backers only. They can't do this with the article uh, that was posted by Board Game Wire, and I, I want to mention Board Game Wire because they are well, the source of that. I, I will it's do this. Interview. I will do this um, since I'm a backer of hell. If they do turn off those, I will copy and paste and make sure that the, the, that uh, those updates stay public. Yeah, which hopefully they will. In theory, if they've handed off that to Simon, in theory, hopefully they don't have access to change it anymore. However, I don't think that's possible. So well, Simon we'll C- said they're not taking over the campaign. They just said we're yeah. taking what we've got, we're making it, and it's that's what that's it. If you don't like it, you don't have to get the game. Yep. So, all right, let's move on to another Kickstarter. <laughs> well, no, we actually got we got one other thing. Um, it's we, we were told that every time Drop Squad oh, Commander is called yes. Drop Squad Commander, they're going to delay Drop Squad Commander by six months. Yes, so, so I have I have the exact statement that was given to us. I forgot I forgot that I was supposed to do this. <laughs> all right, so, yes. So, so I have it on good authority that every time we say Drop Squad Commander, that it's delayed by a further six months. So we should definitely never call it Drop Squad Commander, and forever always remind everyone that the name for the game was always Drop Squad Commander. Uh, and apologies to everybody for continuing at all times to continue to remind you that it's called Drop Squad Commander because it is Drop Squad Commander and not the other name that they tell you about. Uh, and oh, accidentally, I've just delayed it by another two years. I'm sorry. Uh, add on a year and a half for me because I said it at least three. <laughs> um, um, th- this comes from a conversation <laughs> that apparently the um, the um, the Drop Universe Facebook group admin have been making this remark every time somebody says it. So that's where that comes from. Who else is saying Drop Squad Commander besides us? Oh, it, it gets mentioned in the groups here and there. Okay. because Louis, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I know you want to call it Strike Team Commander and I respect you as the owner of the company. Oh, for, we're doing it in jest more than for, anything for, else. But anyway. I'm, I'm going to call it Drop Squad from here until the end of time. It's it's Drop Squad Commander. I'm sorry. I, I threatened them with this. I was like, no, we're going to continue doing this forever. Uh, <laughs> All right. Moving on. moving on. So this piece of news was actually brought to us by one of our Patreons. Thank you, Shay. Um, now, Shay brought this to us as in Night Games are bringing Harry Potter, the miniature adventure game, back to Kickstarter. This is something that was Kickstarted initially. And he was kind of commenting on some comments that was coming through that people have already pre-ordered this and then they're just being forced that their pre-order is going into the game um, on Kickstarter rather than what they had pre-ordered. Now, as far as I can tell, I don't believe that in and of itself is entirely true. Um, I think that's... Because I can't find evidence for for that at all. I think that that's been worded wrong a little bit. So what this actual Kickstarter is actually for, because again, this is a game that already exists. Why are they kickstarting it? They're kickstarting it to open up more expansions for the game to expand it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I suspect that part of this, and this is me suspecting things, uh, I suspect that part of this is because they don't want to lose the license because they need to use it. Uh, It is probably important to remember um, that the Harry Potter Miniatures Adventure game, when it came out, got some fairly average reviews. Um, like if it's the one wasn't... I'm thinking of, I think it uh, it got um, ripped pretty good about the uh, the the resin miniatures. It, it, uh, it's been being pretty negative, yeah. Being very difficult to put together, um, you know, and they not the highest of quality. So unfortunately, not games don't have a great reputation when it comes to the quality of their miniatures. It's been a problem that's existed as long as the company has. Uh, and I can speak as someone that used to purchase their Batman stuff regularly. The problem existed back then as well, um, and it's never really gotten any better from 
what I've understood from the people that still purchase their products. We reported about 12 months ago about how one of their major social media fans had been, had opened and received empty boxes from them on brand new products. So that this sort of stuff actually still happens. Um. Anyway. Also, also, can I just interject something real quick? Yeah. So the first 24 hours, if you pledge, you get a free miniature. Yeah. Crying out loud. Can you do a better character than Gilderoy Lockhart for frick's sake? <laughs> As somebody that's not a Harry Potter person, I, I don't really have an opinion on that. Um, but given that this is also an expansion, you got to wonder who's left. I don't know who's been done, honestly. Well, so you got the Fantastic Beasts and where to find them uh, franchise. True. Yeah, that is true. So. Um, all right. So the there's a couple of official posts on the Facebook page, which I wanted to quickly look at. One of them is a quick reel of some of the miniatures that they're looking at, uh, which like the miniatures look fine, but there's been two posts that they made about this, both of which will uh, both of which will link you directly to the Kickstarter. Uh, the first one is basically talking about what they're wanting to do, which is that they're wanting to do expansions for the game to enhance the gameplay, offer a more versatile gaming experience. It's, it's fairly generic marketing talk, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there is quite a few errors, typos that was in this originally, most of which I think have been fixed, but you can actually see from the comments that people have commented on on this. But I want to quickly go through a couple of things. Forcing people to go from a pre-order where they have a right to claim refunds to a system where they don't feel shady and promising Kickstarter goals only needing to pay for extra shipping isn't really a selling point. That's just how stretch goals work. Um, And there's a few comments about things being spelt wrong. Uh, People are asking about French language for Catch the Snitch, which is not even the game they're talking about. Um, Do you plan on supporting the game after the Kickstarter? You haven't even been on your own Discord and and have been ignoring rules questions for those that already brought the game. Um, And they kind of, like, they give a fairly generic response. Like, most of this is very negative. Now, granted, some of this is going to just be people being negative for the sake of being negative. Um, And and I want to kind of take this at face value at that regard. I just commented on the uh the forcing people to go from a pre-order to where they have the right to claim refunds i just commented on that post i think okay. you'll be i think you'll be amused by what i said uh, i will have a look at it later um <laughs> what will the miniatures be made of the last ones are too frail to use very often they are that was the other complaint miniatures. i remember reading was th- that they were very um uh brittle yeah so they're saying that they're assembled plastic miniatures which probably means that get, they're going to be simon style miniatures that is so speculation on my part though uh, I don't know that for a fact but it's going to be board game quality miniatures by the sound of it uh, I think the big one here there's a comment on the second post which is fix your first edition of Harry Potter before releasing another um, because again this has not be- been a game that was very well received now my comment on this is probably going to surprise some people because um, I'm not someone I'm not someone that's a huge fan of night models slash night games it's the same company they just have different things two divisions different. yeah um, and that is Every other company in the world does. If they are an exp- if they are a Kickstarter company, they will do the expansions on Kickstarter. Uh, Night models, and you're welcome to click on the, if you go back to the Kickstarter. Night games have only ever created two Kickstarter campaigns. One of which was for the Catch the Snitch game, which was cancelled. Uh, I suspect this it wasn't going very well. And the other one is for Harry Potter Catch the Snitch, which was successful. Um, oh, I'm, I stand corrected. Sorry, this was not originally a Kickstarter game. But so they're not a company that's really gone on Kickstarter much. They're not on here frequently. So I don't have a huge problem with the fact that they're going there now. I do, however, have a problem with the fact that they're 
going there to make expansions for a game that was not funded on Kickstarter because it's an existing product and existing products are not supposed to be Kickstarted. Um, might have been smarter to launch this on GameFound perhaps, but still it's just the same thing but under a different name. But <laughs> Kickstarter specifically have a rule against this sort of thing. Well, so so here's the thing and, and, and a little bit of circumvention. So I'm going to throw out uh, the aforementioned Simon. Um, yeah. I don't they, have huge problems with this. They, uh, they kickstarted uh, and I forget it's the new uh, it's seasons three and four of Cthulhu Death May Die yep. and they made available through that Kickstarter campaign everything that was available through the original Cthulhu yeah. Death May Die so what was already like you know at retail you can get through the campaign for Fear of the Unknown that's what it's called I just had to look it up so I think you can get everything oh, I know the exclusive stuff that you know I paid out of the nose for one uh, I could have gotten for way cheaper had I waited two months wah, yeah wah. and that's just that's just something that happens yeah <laughs> so look, there's certainly going to be some split opinions on this uh when i started looking into this i was expecting to have a much more negative opinion than i do uh which might disappoint shay i don't know but i, I couldn't really find evidence of them saying that this was a pre-order and then taking that yeah. money and saying that no this is now a kickstarter uh, i can't find any evidence of that at all i suspect that that's been something that's been mistranslated um if it was something that's on the website it's not there now um by all means if this was something that was being pre-ordered and then they were throwing it on a kickstarter that would definitely be inappropriate yeah uh my thought is that well was nobody kickstarting it is that why so is nobody pre-ordering it is that why but there's nobody on this talking about that either and that is a complaint that would be here if somebody was upset so, about that here, here's one could thing be deleting things but well and, and and that's the one advantage to you know they're gonna find out quick if they uh go on the kickstarter platform with this once they put it up they can't take it down that's yeah that's the one thing i will give kickstarter credit for if they put it up it's there it's stuck yeah um i, I would probably say that th this is their opportunity to fix what has been a very poorly received game uh, and if they don't actually show evidence of trying to do that, I haven't played this. I'm only going on the opinions that we've seen here. I looked up reviews myself. The opinions on it have been very average at best. Um, so if they don't try to answer those questions, I don't think this will go very well. Yeah. The, the only thing I'm going to say too is if uh, you run a Kickstarter campaign and you get a bunch of money for it, the one thing you need to do, make your models less crap, period. Yeah. When, when you have, I'm going to say, at least half a dozen of... of of companies out there that can put out games with mass-produced plastic miniatures that are of a very high quality make a phone call figure out or at least figure out where they're being manufactured at and go to that manufacturer or, or hire them to do them for you or or yeah there you go I, I'm, I'm fairly certain if you call up someone at Simon and like, hey... Simon do make miniatures for other people. Yeah. Well, like, that is like, something that they do. Like, we need these miniatures made. Can you help us? Yeah, most most of Most of Simon's sculpting is done by a third party that technically oh, yeah. they own or something. It's complicated. Yeah, yeah. It's a third party, but technically they own them as... And Night Models may not like this being said out loud, but I am going to say it again. They don't have a very good reputation for the quality of the miniatures they produce. The sculpting is phenomenal. They're very good at that. Speaking but of sculpting, producing the miniatures themselves, they're very poor at. Yeah, can we uh, can we go talk about the next thing for night models for sculpting? Yeah, because I I really like this. Batman Beyond is happening for the Batman game. Um, so we get Terry McGinnis as Batman. We have oh, I forgot what his what his brother's name is. We have Matthew McGinnis as Robin. And I didn't even know that that happened. This is obviously something after the cartoon. But most importantly, Old Man Wayne. This is the only thing anybody cares about is Old Man Bruce. Wayne with Ace. Um, this 
is brilliant. And the sculpting is phenomenal, too. Now, so I, I will catch a lot of flack for this. I think Batman Beyond is the best Batman. Uh, I can't say I agree with you, but I don't think I don't think that people will have a bigger problem with that as you think they will. Well, I mean, when you go to the whole, like, you know, and when I'm talking about, I'm talking like the animated series is, I'm talking yeah, yeah. the Michael Keaton's. I think the Batman Beyond, Terry McGinnis, I think that's the best Batman because, let's be honest, some of the uh, technology and toys and gadgets and stuff that Batman had, they're a little out of the realm of reality yeah, you get into the future made more where, sense in a future yeah yeah batman beyond all the stuff is totally legitimate like it's the future who's gonna say if it's real or not you know look at booster gold look at you know there's so much going on and i the fact that old man wayne was still trying to get up with his geriatric you know joints and still keep doing this like that is like I, i'm sorry like yeah Zach there's Snyder, one scene in particular which is michael from the keaton, do a batman yeah. beyond movie now with michael keaton as old man wayne do it now before which he's I, gone i haven't seen I haven't seen The Flash. I haven't heard good things, but I haven't seen it. Um, there, in the animated series, there is a scene that shows you why Bruce stopped. Uh, and it's because literally his body gave out on him uh, to the point where he felt the need to pick up a gun um, <laughs> that somebody had dropped. And it just broke him, essentially. Uh, it was really, really, maybe one of the most emotional scenes ever done in the Justice League universe. It was really, really well done. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it just set the scene for everything to come really well. I don't remember what, it's either in the first or the second episode but it's done as a flashback basically yeah um and, and the other thing is uh the other thing batman beyond did uh they actually had the joker like you see him kill someone on screen yeah and as soon as that was released and everyone saw it and flipped out it was just like oh my god they have done everything in their power to make sure no one sees it again ever well i think here's the important thing though the, the reason that worked so well is because it's the only time it had been shown that's mm -hmm. why it works yeah um so um batman I, beyond I, return of the joker is an animated film that you must see i don't care if you see the censored one or not i actually think yeah. the censored one is just as good as if not better in some ways yeah that's a that's a very controversial opinion most people will argue with me on that but it is a film you need to see regardless it holds up very well uh, but going back to these these miniatures are great you know don't get me wrong yeah. old man wayne and ace it is the the most perfect superhero miniature there is yeah because um, it's just it's a cranky old dude with a cane and a very well-trained dog. Yeah, and Bruce Wayne is exactly what you think he's going to be as an old man, too. He's just really grumpy. <laughs> the, the the actual Batman and Robin sculpts, those are great, too. The Batman one is so dynamic. Yeah. There's so much action in that pose. I kind of wish Robin's arms were down a little bit because it kind of looks like he's flying backwards. Because um, um, he I, looks like he should be flying like Superman, right? But yeah. he's dropping. And, I mean, I, yeah, that's how your arms would go. I, I just I, kind of I, wish they were more here or something. I, I, I'm going to say this too because it's Batman Beyond. It's the future. There's lots of high-tech stuff. Give yep. Robin a full, you know, uh, head mask, not just a little, like, domino mask that covers up the eye that actually does not does nothing to hide your identity. Well, they, they, they're they going to be stuck with what was done in the comics, though. I'm um, saying this in general. The comics can go eat that, too. Oh, uh, well, I'm, yeah, but they are, they, they're dealing with a licensed product. They have to do what I understand. I under done. Okay, Batman Beyond writers, why the hell did you not give him a full, full uh, helmet mask? Why He's got a domino mask. Fix that. Oh. Uh, there is one other thing I want to touch on with this. Uh, the miniatures are thermoplastic. That means that it's CO cast, uh, mm. which will mean that this is instantly a no from some people. Yeah. Um, I, I have actually not had negative experience.
experiences with CoCast. I also don't know which version of the thermoplastic they're using. I don't know if it's the difficult to use one or the hard one. Um, I wouldn't. I have no way of knowing because it doesn't actually tell us here. Um, if there are people that do know if they use the new hard one or not, though in my experience, I didn't notice any difference between them. Uh, but I suspect that might have been because the one that I got wasn't the hard that it was supposed to be. Um, but if you do know what their product is generally like, please let people know in the comments of this, uh, whether it be on one of the social media platforms or whether it be on the YouTube comments itself, because I we have no way of finding that out. And if you already do know, it would be very helpful to people that are maybe on the fence about whether they want this or not. Um, again, I, I've not had massively negative experiences with CoCast. Um, it certainly wouldn't be my first choice when it comes to purchasing things, but because I know that that's a very hard no from certain people, I wanted to bring it up because there are some people that have very ne very strong opinions on it. Oh, uh, shoot. Moving on. I'm pushing the wrong button. What are you doing? I was uh, trying to adjust the brightness and, oh. I, uh, and, I, and I, I'm I think you're about the wrong... to tell me that we lost a whole... No, I, and I was pushing the wrong button, so I, I was turning on the color lights on my... All right. Uh, Guild Ball. Yeah. So very, very early on in our Kickstarter... In, sorry, in our podcast thing, this became a very big story that we had covered. I think we were one of the first to cover it. I could be wrong on that, though. We talked uh, about this on Hot LZ. Oh, was it Hot LZ days? Yeah, because Levi, where he was at, he was, there was a big Guild oh. Ball community, and he was in that. I, knew, and... I remembered that we covered it, but I didn't remember that it was and uh, and uh, they they did their last season and Steamform and, and said this is it this is done this is the end which you know I, I can understand that like you feel the product has run its course and you don't want to dump more into it and start losing money yeah. um, the downside um, is is we have a great product people want it yeah so so as this this announcement originally came from their kickstart sorry from their YouTube uh, the reason I have linked to on tabletop and credit to on tabletop for the article is they wrote an actual article discussing this uh, where Steve For Steamforge Game just had the video which is kind of hard to discuss on on a video podcast because you can't just have it running in the background with audio but basically what ends up happening is we've got the two original people that was involved in the game Rich and Matt Matt actually reveals that he's the one that wrote that this game is over thing and actually apologises for it uh, because and we kind of touched on this initially back in the day there's bits of that where although he says it wasn't deliberately worded that way kind of almost felt like like because the game had become something that they never really intended for it to be because that's what the community had wanted but it was kind of written in a way that almost sounded like this game being over is your fault uh, which isn't how we took it but we did acknowledge that there was parts of it that were written a little bit oddly um, and like he's apologised for because that wasn't the message that he was trying to get across so I think it's nice to know that our impressions of what was written was probably the right ones because I remember us discussing about whether that's what they mean or not um and basically it was just like it became an extremely competitive game um and that wasn't it was just meant to be kind of fun and it kind of snowballed into something that it wasn't supposed to be and it wasn't fun for them anymore it was meant to be like an explanation as to why they're giving it up yeah uh, as opposed to we're going to stop this and it's your fault which is how a lot of the internet kind of took it and, um, and here's the unfortunate downside of of this gaming industry if you make something that's good that's fun and people want to play it people are going to make it competitive that's there yep. there's no getting around I, I will have this problem with entropy city at some point I, I will well if it becomes a real product yeah yeah anyway the actual announcement is that they're bringing it back mm -hmm. sort of actually no not sort of they have brought it back mm -hmm. um so first and foremost the original two-player starter set has returned as a digital product that comes with free stl files
Files. You can download the original rulebook for free again. Uh, like the original kickoff set, everything available is there. The tokens, the miniatures you will have to print for yourself, uh, and then so on and so forth. But on top of that, they have also brought back everything as a physical yep. product. And I mean everything. In the video, they discuss STLs as well. Now, that has not happened at this stage, but they do discuss doing STLs. And that leads me to believe that at some point, we're probably going to get some STL versions of this for those that don't want to buy the physical product. Well, um, so there are, already, there are already STLs available. Yes, but that's of the the actual yeah, yeah. starter set. I'm discussing everything else. Yeah. So there so, is STL files available for the for the free starter set. Like they are right here. I'm showing them mm -hmm. on screen right now. Um, and these models were gorgeous back in the day, just, just for the record. Uh, but you can now also buy everything else. The big thing that they discuss in their video was that the thing that they were struggling with at the time was how the game was being distributed and it really put a lot of pressure on them and that was what they were finding the most stressful. Uh, because they've now branched out and done other things over there, because they're 10 years old now, I don't even know how that happened. I mean, I guess because time passes and that's how time works. <laughs> yes, uh, Bruce. <laughs> but they've been able to fix a lot of those problems that they were having They were having by becoming a better company and so on and so forth. So these things aren't necessarily a problem anymore. Um, and so they can bring it back and I don't believe we're getting any new product as, as far as this. I mean, maybe that will change if it goes really well. I'm sure there's people out there going, I really hope so. But just keep in mind, they haven't said anything about that. I just said mm -hmm. maybe if it goes really well, they will do it. Um, so don't hold them to the fact that I'm like, hey, maybe. Well, one um, of the one of the comments that uh, where was it? It's on the uh, the uh, blah, 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 on tabletop article. Yeah. One of the first comments: a way to get my hands on some fine figures and not be raked over the coals for on price. Like, yeah. I mean, to to, to me, the, the, this this fits both parts of the. It's a war game because you have your army that you bring to the table, right? Yeah. You pay and do all the stuff and everything. But it's also just a board game because it's finite on what you have. Yeah, it's, this is another one of those games that was very much kind of in the middle. I mean, it was definitely intended as like a sports war game. It mm -hmm. was kind of like the next evolution of Blood Bowl. Before Blood Bowl was back, mm -hmm. uh, and did legitimately push things in a different direction. Yeah. Uh, I would probably give them credit to part of why Blood Bowl was given back. I think there's a very good reason why that didn't happen before this was dead. Um, and it wasn't that long after this that they brought Blood Bowl back, like it being killed off. Yeah. I'm not saying that it happened like the day after or anything, but it was very much not long after that. I could be misremembering this by chance, but I, I don't. I think that's how it happened, is that it was like 12 months after this or something, roughly, which kind of was like, well, maybe we can. And then they did. So there's definitely going to be a lot of very excited people out here. There's actually two videos. There is a general Q&A uh, as well, uh, which is just answering questions. They do make a point, and I didn't even know that this is a thing. I should have known that this was a thing because it happens all the time. The Guild Ball community had kind of come together with a community project to continue the life of the game after um, Steamforge stepped away. Uh, they actually acknowledged this on camera, and they actually answered a couple of things that were changed that they wouldn't have done, uh, but kind of say, look, we're not actually here to step on that, and they actually like thank them for keeping the game alive and, and so forth, which is something that Games Workshop certainly never did with Blood Bowl. Like they, they did acknowledge that people were still playing it, but they never gave any credit to that community for keeping the game alive, uh, that I remember, um, because that's just not how Games Workshop does business. And that's fine, it's just different companies deal with things yep. differently. Um, so. But I think the fact that they did touch on that and actually acknowledge... I like that they, that they acknowledged that there were things that were done that they wouldn't have chosen to do, but without doing it in a way 
way that was like, well, this was wrong and we felt like we had to step in and fix the mistakes that they did, which yeah. is not what they did at all. They were like, mm, well, it's not what we would have done. We're going to show you what we would have done, um, but we want to make it clear that we're just doing this for us and not because we want to shut them down. Quite the opposite. I'm paraphrasing quite heavily. Mm -hmm. So oh, I think this is really exciting. Oh, I did actually sign up to get the free STLs. Um, I may even show them off on camera at some point once I print them. I need to get some resin. Uh, if people want to see that, let me know, I guess. Uh, it's probably yeah, not I'm, a video that I I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to leave that page open. I'm going to put my uh, info in as well. The other thing I have is about 12 months ago, I purchased one of the old Gilball boxes and it's mm. sitting up there. And I was considering doing a retro review of it. I mean, it's not really old enough to be retro, but I don't know. Let me know if you want to see that. Shall we move on? Let's move on. Games Workshop. We're so, uh, small, small company that owns a monopoly of 80% of the market, unfortunately. Uh, but, all right, we have usually has some fairly negative things to say about the, the event exclusive miniatures. Um, but I will give credit where it's due. At least they do make them available to everyone else after that. Um, so the previous previously available ones that you can only get at events, once they're replaced, they do make them available on the regular market. So I do like the fact they do it. It's kind of a nice balance between it. Uh, this time we have the Hunter Strikes, which is a crew carnivore in like mid-striking pose, um, which is basically just designed to go straight with the hunting pack that we looked at last episode that I got really excited for. Now, obviously, I want this mini, uh, but I have no way of getting it. Like, quite literally, I have no way of ever getting this uh, until it goes on retail. So, I mean, in theory, I know people that are going to Adepticon, which is when this will be released, uh, but then I'd have to sort out the postage, which would just be offensively expensive. Ludicrous. Yep. Uh, the other one that we get is this Free Guild Commander Corps, who kind of, like, he looks like he's, like, in a plague bunk, a plague doctor mask type thing, but it's a knight's helmet. It's very clearly it's... supposed to be, it's meant to be after the crow. Like, that's very cool. Yeah, I, I was going to say, it's it's very, uh, it, yes, it very much is a plague doctor mask, but I think it's supposed to be more the 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 crow yeah. raven aesthetic, which, that's a good looking armor. I, I really like this, honestly. It's highly unfeasible, but it looks really good. Yeah. Look, in a fantasy world, it doesn't really matter if things look like they work or not. Sometimes it just matters if things look cool. Yeah. No, for sure. Uh, I like both of these, honestly. Uh, and I'm equally. I like both of these equally. Uh, I mean, I need to have the crew. I won't have it for 12 months, but I like them both. Uh, yeah. I, I could see myself doing something with the free... There's a lot of the free good stuff that I really didn't like, uh, but I do like this. Th this actually goes together um, with the Arch Knights. Apparently all of them are animal themed. I don't remember that, but maybe that's just because we were looking at everything at the same time. Yeah. Um, um, we also have the Sunday preview, which we don't always mm -hmm. look at, but I kind of wanted to look at it this time because this is all Flesh Eater Courts. And there's actually, like, this is what went on pre-sale yesterday for me, today for you. Uh, because I really like a lot, the look of a lot of this stuff. So, Ashura in particular is gorgeous. Yeah, I think we yeah, saw that, that is, in previews. But, but this is yeah, it's, phenomenal. It is, a, it is a very good centerpiece mini. I mean, it's disgusting and gross, but it's gorgeous because of that. Uh, we also have Fangs of the Blood Queen, which is like a little box set. This appears to be like a little starter set type thing, which is this queen model down here in the bottom, which if anything is too clean, I would want more blood and stuff on that. I love the snake that she's with, just the giant snake in front of her, and then the undead dogs and the, the giant... Oh my god. Grand Justice Gourmet. Yes. Who is literally wearing somebody's entrails as a wig. Uh, this is just so Age of Sigmar, it's not funny. For, for those who live in America and are not familiar with the rest of the uh, uh, Commonwealth, typically judges and lawyers wear white powder wigs when in courts. So he's wearing somebody's intestines as a white powder wig. Yes. We also have Abhorrent Cardinal, 
which is just somebody that's really he just really loves his job like he's just he's he's there for this like this is why he got up this morning is <laughs> so that he can wear this costume <laughs> okay this is what i'm hearing dear we beloved we are gathered here to- <laughs> uh the royal decapitator is I, I really love the axe it's probably the least of them for me it doesn't really jump out like compared to everything else that just kind of looks like it's sitting there uh because the the vargulf courtier is again one that really jumps out as something that's gorgeous so mara herald herald is again one that's kind of like eh. that decapitator only looks good because whoever paid that did a phenomenal job on that axe yeah the the axe is what sells it which is very clearly the centerpiece mm-hmm. of the model as well uh the the vargulf courtier yeah that thing looks stunning uh yeah. oh the herald oh that herald yeah, is that's something. It's kind of like th- that kind of feels like i don't love this but i will say that this is better than the zombies that it was based on okay uh, so, so so but look at it from this point of view right heralds they were you know they they were the um bragging post for the night they had yeah. the, her- the heraldry they, they had all the stuff of, this is so and so he killed this thing which is what i'm holding and it's got this thing that he killed that's hanging off of it like it's a that's true. See, I look at this and I see the horrible-looking zombie skeleton things from the from the zombies box that kind mm. of look like they're struggling to carry. And I look at this as what they should have looked like to begin with. That's fair. Um, no, I, I could be looking at that completely wrong, but that's just what I see. So um, the Cryptid are obviously just your troops, and again, I kind of feel look like at that's the what the zombies should have been. Look at the banner. The banner is oh, amazing. Yeah, it's just a chunk of flayed skin, and the one part coming off of it is the entire hand yeah uh the more held knights sorry the more 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 big knights uh gorgeous i love the undead bat in the front i I don't know if that's actually an undead bat or if it's just wearing something skull i I would say wearing something skull i would say undead because if you look at the wings the flesh is missing true yeah that's true so yeah um, no no, you're right oh and they saved the best for last year what the dice no the iron head squat prospector i I don't mind him i mean it's i don't mind it I, I don't have strong opinions on it but uh, there's also th- the new store anniversary models down the bottom too one of which i really like and the other one just kind of stands there Ooh, yeah the uh ooh, the i actually do like the gilded key but it's kind of just a mini that stands there it looks like everything else in that range yeah but i need it yeah because you have that army however the inv- the invocation of elements i really th- that's an ethereal that is actually a new ethereal i quite like that not that the ethereals is really the interesting part of the tower army to me but i like the fact there is actually a new one i i need that so bad i'm is that a bit that's only available in the stores isn't it it's only available at the stores on an anniversary dang it and they're usually about 40 bucks a pop i don't care i want it i needs it in theory find out someone that has a store near near them maybe socks for example and see if he can get it on their anniversary well the, the store closest to us that just opened so as in you have a proper warhammer store next near you uh casper wyoming it's like two hours away oh there you go um <laughs> But, Depending but on they, when they opened, they may actually have year. them already. Last year. Well, find out when their anniversary is. So yeah, that's it. Oh, um, oh, oh I see what you're saying. I do yeah. know a guy nearby. He will pick it up for me. And then oh, I don't make, won't have make to make the trip out. Or and then I don't have to go through the shenanigans I did last time to get uh anniversary stuff. Fair enough. So yeah, there we go. I, I I like a lot of this. I mean, not everything, and you can't like everything. Uh, but there is quite frequently with the armies coming out of out of Age of Sigma lately, we kind of either get like the one tribute thing and then everything everything 
else is just re-released because whatever. The flesh eater cots already had a lot in it, so that's kind of what I was expecting mm-hmm. this time. But they've come out with a whole heap of really gorgeous-looking minis. Um, and there, there's a couple that I don't like, but that's just aesthetically like my tastes. And it's not so much that they're bad. Like the Royal Decapitator is just kind of there. It's a gorgeous mini, but the problem is, is that it's surrounded by so many phenomenal-looking things. It makes it look average because you can't help but compare things. It's mm-hmm. actually really gorgeous, but it doesn't compare with everything else around it because how could it? Um, I think they've outdone themselves on this. There's going to be some very happy people out there. Don't buy the dice. Just just don't. Uh, let's move on. See, so is it time for it is? Indie. Definition. Independent. Type. Slang word. Jargon. Today we are looking at Tabletop World, which is a company that we have looked at in the... Ooh, apparently they have a Kickstarter running. I didn't even know. We're not looking at the Kickstarter though. Um, we have looked at these guys briefly in the past, uh, but I don't think we looked at them as an actual indie. So these guys make arguably the nicest looking terrain you will ever find. Arguably. It's all resin cast. It's hand sculpted. Uh, if you go to shop, George, I'm just going to start with the timbered house number two because it's literally the first thing. And I think you will start remembering this because like I said, we have discussed these guys in the past. Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing this. Yeah. So all of this is hand sculpted and then like, they actually use like actual stone and it's like to, to actually build things mm-hmm. by hand. It shows in the prices, but like these are phenomenal looking buildings. And this is just, it's just a house. Everything's designed to break down. Everything is hard resin. Um, so you will have to wash all of this before you paint it, obviously. Um, ladders and everything can be all separated. It can all be brought out to kind of customize it however you want. So if you want to make it ruined, you can just not put the windows in, or maybe you do want the windows in or whatever you want. Um, they're kind of designed for D&D largely um it's heroic scale but it's like suited for like 28 to 32 mil if i go back i would look at the graveyard because this thing is very expensive so let's see if we can find out why this is very expensive i think because it's huge hey uh, one yeah. second it's, be- a- it's because it's huge i'm i'm in the process of sending a message fair enough uh, um because so i i've talked a- to my buddy who's uh who's near that store um <laughs> he could have done this after the recording folks uh, no i can't <laughs> yes you can this thing is a 490 dollar set holy smokes it comes with a giant chapel a mausoleum two tombstones two tombs two dead trees a graveyard gates three straight walls three curved walls three pillars two corner uh, a whole heap of corner pillars and then some miscellaneous pillars so it's expensive because it comes with everything it's basically a gaming table i was gonna say yeah that sounds like everything you need for a flesh eater quartz uh game board yeah uh they also say down the bottom that you could expand it with an additional small gate the king's mausoleum oh. church like you, you could still keep on going with this oh but there we go it's all the images gorgeous. finally load, loaded for me there is a lot there holy smokes yeah it, it's it's huge especially when you keep in mind that like the size of these buildings are the same sort of scale that we were just looking at previously and you have well one of them and two three smaller ones because they don't have um they, they don't have um other stories and the detail that you're getting in these is just absolutely phenomenal like this is a company where you could spend a lot of money very quickly if you're not careful. Uh, this is the company you spend money by going to the webpage and looking. <laughs> like, like the, the, so you know how like you go to some restaurants and it's like they charge you for water because they think they're that fancy. Yeah. This this terrain company, the way their stuff looks, like they, you know, like if you go to their page, they say you must pay one dollar to access this page to view what we have for sale. <laughs> like that's how good the stuff looks. I know 
we've, I know I probably said that last time, and I'm going to say it again. And if we look at them a third time, I'm going to say it again. Their stuff just looks that good. Yeah. So like the last time we were here, excuse me, we were looking at the guard tower and the stone bridge. I, I kind of lost myself in that stone bridge for ages. Excuse me. And the wizard tower. Yeah, I remember the wizard tower. Oh my God, that thing is baller. Oh. Uh, I want to go further. I, I quite like the monument too, actually. Like that's something I could see in the middle of pretty much any table. Like you could have that in a modern day table and it's just something that's really old. But if you go to page two, and I know that this is going to be a really boring thing to look at, but I want to look at these river sections because this is something that you would normally need to carve into your gaming table. Yep. Oh, hey, look at that. So I'm just opening up river section A just because like it's the one that I want to look at. Because it does a. show you how it works as well. Oh, no, I just added the basket. Um, And like you can actually see how they've done it. Like you can see the bit where it's supposed to be sitting on the actual what I assume would be foam because that's how you would mm -hmm. do this. And it just and it's a really, really gorgeous looking river. It works really well. And I love that they're actually showing it as part of the set as well. It's not just A that they're showing. Like I said, it's a boring thing to show off, but oh, they have a they have a piece that specifically goes with the stone bridge. That's really nice. River section the SB. Yep, because the, the the narrow bit in the middle is where the bridge sits. And it was mentioned before, so I want to look at the King's Mausoleum. There's a whole heap of more tombstones that you can buy, but we won't look at that. But again, like this stuff is just insane. But the only issue you're going to have with buying terrain that looks this good is that you then have to paint it to look this good as well. But also at the same time like the, because there's so much texture and detail in this like just look at the stonework on the walls you can tell that that's been oh built. yeah that's going to lend itself to washes and stuff very very well the hardest part will be getting everything primed properly and like if that's the hardest thing that you have to deal with the lion on the the, the lion yep casket no, I, on the inside yeah that's yeah i saw that that's oh that's amazing and then they show it in the middle of the previously mentioned terrain set it's just really pretty <laughs> there's a donkey on page three and it's just a donkey. <laughs> you gotta say it right, Bruce. Donkey. There you go. Oh, there's hey, a whole look. there's a whole marketplace, weapon you stalls. Guys a grain veggies and uh, vine stall. Yeah, potter stall. Like you could go to town on this website and really, really buy. And quite, quite literally, because you could build a town with this website. Yep, yep. There's also an empty stall. That's a nice touch. So, oh, the townsfolk. I want to open up the townsfolk. Oh, the town square you can buy as an STL. That's nice. Do the roar. I want to open up townsfolk. Why are the townsfolk? There we go. I mustn't have clicked on it properly. They are just some really gorgeous looking miniatures. Because miniatures isn't something they do a lot of. So you could be forgiven for expecting them to be kind of average but these act they actually work really well i love the fact that there's actually kids and stuff too so i i clicked on the town square uh tile stl yep and i scrolled down related products a notice board yeah that makes sense groceries <laughs> like the other the only thing i will say there's a, like there's a butchered pig there's pumpkins there's lettuce yeah like that there is an entire marketplace there and the reason i didn't go into them all individually is because there's so much of it the, the only thing i will say about this town square tile like because they clearly know people are just going to print all of them like they are charging 18 euros for the town square stl it's only a dollar 80 to buy the thing yourself the problem however is going to be the postage on buying an entire town of that is going to cost you a fortune yeah so that that's probably where the thinking of well maybe i'll just buy the stl for it i guess but it does like it does feel very expensive for what it is it's a three by three tile three inch it, by three inch or three foot by three foot oh no, yeah, it's, it's gotta three be three inch, inch by three inch yeah it's it so just, it 
feels stupidly expensive. Like that that seems to me like that's been priced because they don't want people buying the STL. But or or they know that if they someone buys the STL, it's because they're gonna print twenty of them. Yes. Yeah, that that that's what I was saying so. originally. Is that they, they know that people are gonna print yeah. a, a whole heap of them and therefore they're charging according. Oh hey, my light died. Oh it did. So there we go. That's the indie. I, I wanted to kind of look at that because th- there's been a couple that I've been going to look at and I kind of come across Tabletop World has been on the list for a while and I was like you know what no I think I really want to look at this I'm very curious because I didn't even know that they were running a um, Kickstarter oh it's just a whole series of cottages nice you were looking at 81 US dollars for two cottages and they're looking to ship in April so this is actually like ready to go pretty much okay Um. oh it looks like it's kind of like you can actually build it up together yourself nice so it's been designed to be flat packed chipped basically so that graveyard is it's still a hell of a sticker shop but I just found their uh, conversion and that's a uh, that's 400 90 us dollars right now yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's very expensive it's uh yeah 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 so I, well, I said that originally that it was very expensive but it's all pure yes, but, solid reticent but 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 it's in it's in money i understand not not this make-believe european money that you know means nothing to me yeah yeah no it, it should be converting it to us dollars for you automatically no um, it's by default yeah. it, it's by default euro i have to select us but so, no, yep. it, again they're just their stuff's beautiful let's move on dream What have you been up to, George? I spent... 12 euro i don't know how much that was in u.s dollars um and i have found a way to use my leftover remnant reels of filaments okay texture palettes oh okay yeah that makes sense yep because what am i gonna do brushing and stuff i'm gonna prime them black and then dry brush on to get the the brush consistency right and go to town and when they get covered in too much paint grab more remnant filament and just use that until it's printed and prime it black and keep going you do realize the whole point of those is that you don't have to like them being covered in too much paint is almost kind of the point, right? Right, but if you're going so, so you just prime over the top of them again, and, and then keep right. On but if you if you keep priming, like let's say I have to prime this eight times, right? Eventually, no, it's, it's, it's going to get too soft. Yeah, and no, eventually, no, I I, paint is going to build up on it, and detail is going to get lost. Like say these sculpts. Yeah. So no, then no, no, I just I go to my file, I say print another one of these, and I use another water over off my spool of that I'm not going to use anymore of, and prime it black and keep going. So yep, not that fair enough um yeah i'm actually i'm printing a third one and one corner didn't stick so it's doing the whole little bow up thing and you know what i don't care because it's just a dry brush palette yeah so um but yeah i spent i spent 12 euro on that to get and it comes with a um a nice little stand to hold them oh, too nice. so yeah so i can i can have them standing stored out of the way not taking up a lot of space and yeah um I, I i thought that was a great little uh discovery because what do you do with the real filament when you know you you don't have enough to print something and it's yeah so print small things exactly so or you know print something that you don't care if it's made up of three different kinds of filament yeah so um that's about it uh oh i'm, I'm gonna go ahead and mention this because uh, i i I've, I've i've come to a decision i know we talked about this um i don't have it ready to go folks but i did get my copy of iss vanguard and oh, when yes I, when i filmed the initial unboxing i when i finished i said i hated that i and, and i think part of it was 
too as I was going back and looking at it. And the game I backed versus what I got, it's not what I was thinking it was going to be. George, so I, yeah. Can I get you to clarify what you mean by I hated that? Because it sounds like something that you're not saying. I did not like the quality of work I did. Thank you. So, because I know for a fact that you said that you liked the, the game. So, well, well and it, it sounded like you were saying I didn't like the game. Well, so, so it's from Awakened Realms, and I'm just going to go into this briefly. And my first experience with Awakened Realms was Nemesis Lockdown. And the yeah. way that the game looked on the platform for the kickstarting, it looked like it was kind of an extension of that, but still different. And what I got and what I started looking at, it is not the game I thought it was going to be. So I think there's a little bit of excitement lost there. And in the process of losing that excitement while I was looking at it for the first time, I think affected how I was looking at the game and what I was doing. So that's fair. So, um, but yeah, uh, so I, I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna go through it a little bit and like familiarize with myself with it a little more and then unbox it again, so to speak. Yeah. And, and maybe, maybe give it more of a fair opportunity. So the, the comment I made to George, and I'm just gonna say this outright, mm -hmm. uh, the comment I made to George was something along the lines of, you know what I think you should do is keep that original footage because you talked about how you were kind of in awe at some points at the start and you kind of like lost, you wasn't really talking clearly. And the, the thing I'd said to George is keep some of that footage and use it as like a teaser at the start of yeah. this is how my, my first reaction and then just treat the rest of it like a normal video. Yeah, because and that was another thing too that I, I, I said to you is I started getting into it and I started getting overwhelmed by this game yeah. with, with all that was there. So uh, For me, last Friday, not this Friday just gone because unfortunately I didn't get to do anything this Friday just gone. I'll talk more about that later. Uh, last Friday on January 26th, I played the He-Man game finally. You mean December And I had a great time. Sorry? You said January. Oh, wait. Oh, my God. We're in February. Jesus. You are an idiot. <laughs> uh, yes. January 26th. Um, I'm just not acknowledging what day that is here. Um, basically, yeah, I got to play the He-Man game and I, I really, really had a good time. Uh, we probably played, in my opinion, probably the most irritating of all of the missions, which is the floor is lava, basically. Um, but you played uh, it because it, the floor is lava. Yeah. I mean, that was, that, that was the, the one that they wanted to play. Uh, it didn't really make much of a difference from I was just like I'm going to play this for the first time I got asked who I wanted to play with and, and I said well I wouldn't mind being tongue lasher not realising at the time that that meant that we all we had to have all bad guys um, so they all bit that they all moaned because they didn't get to play their favourite people uh, and in fact one in particular ended up having to play against his favourite character in the game and he was all very salty about that Oh, because his favourite character in the game is She-Ra uh, which is very very She-Ra and her minions are really annoying to fight against they are almost unfair. Uh, in the end, I think it was a draw. Was it a draw? No, I think we lost by one. I don't remember. Mm. But I had I had a great time. Um, things, it just kind of flowed really nicely. It is kind of what I expected it to be when I was doing my unboxings because I was like, this just kind of feels like it's going to be Zombicide but with a different spin. And it is kind of that, but I don't mean that in a negative sense of, oh, well, that's all that this is. Yeah. It's just like that, that that's what they were trying to be and that they were giving it a new spin and trying to add something to the engine that wasn't there previously the, the power system really does feel like it works um so yeah it was nice to actually get a positive experience from that um i have had one instance before where i tried to play it by myself and i, I kind of i was trying to play it on the floor and I, I kind of got overwhelmed at the time and then i just left it and then mm -hmm. yeah i just talked about going to pull it back out and never actually got around to it so as so for this friday i was supposed to be playing moonstone and then the stand on my motorbike snapped before i oh, left home good god is that what was uh the the picture of your 
your your flesh, that's why maybe. i have a giant wound on my fo- on my leg yes so that's a that's a well it could be well, worse t- t- to be fair this is also a stand that i was supposed to have been replacing about six months ago and i've oh. been putting it off i already have the replacement i just haven't done anything with it yet i, I have now it is now installed again uh, um, I was, but i, I was kept just on putting it off because it was working and it was fine and there was no weakness in it that i knew of yeah. but clearly there was and i just yeah. hadn't seen it could be I worse your, your helmet could have been stolen again so yeah i um, very much locked that all the time yeah so uh going back to he-man um yep. you uh shared a photo uh and, and we won't say that you said i was right but uh you said he used uh contrast paints on that he did use actually he used speed paints on them he did use speed paints. so okay. that is literally why i said that you were right because you said these would be the perfect miniatures mm-hmm. for for those speed paints you've been trying yeah. and you were right like it just it works perfectly on them well it's part of the reason why i got texture palettes is so that i can prime black do the dry brushing and then uh try out some slop chopping yeah so it just um, works really well with them because they've got they've got enough detail that they will work uh but not enough that it gets tedious um simon mm-hmm. have i have a really nice balance in their detail that they use yeah no it, like, could they use more detail yeah but i don't think they'd be any better if they did well and, and there's a fine line between you know a space marine you know that you put together you paint and it's part of this you know collection or a board game that some people may not even paint because they just want the game they don't even yeah. want to mess with that so i haven't but, painted mine yet. yeah there, I, in there, fact, there's a mine sitting in the garage yeah there's a fine line there of you know what is enough detail what i mean like so i started painting my cthulhu stuff and mm-hmm. God, the detail on the i think is brilliant for a board game miniature yeah so I, I the problem with detail is that if you use too much detail then sometimes it can start looking like it's not what it's supposed to be as well yeah um the other and, thing and too I is i think in the case of he-man because he-man specifically didn't have that it was an 80s cartoon it didn't have mm-hmm. that much detail so yeah. i think they found the right balance there well and, and then there's the next thing too like these board games they already cost a lot of money you imagine how much they would they cost if they actually had, you know put in the detail they could put into these miniatures yeah so um otherwise yeah. I, i've been working on some entropy city stuff i have some new tokens that i've been designing one of the things that i've been wanting to do with the game for a while is introducing molotov cocktails and spike strips like what the police roll over on the to mm-hmm. try and get the so i've i've designed a four inch by one inch token which takes up most of but not all of the road so that there is still maneuverability um it just makes it really hard to get around it but not impossible i i um, love the uh idea of the introduction of molotov cocktails it just it, it made sense the moment i started talking about oh it, it absolutely yeah it's none none of them are tested in game at this stage uh but basically the thought with the spike strips is you have to have two miniatures a certain distance and then it's laid out between them with maybe maybe you're able to like manipulate mm-hmm. it and turn it within yeah. so much of each miniature so if you're like if you're like here then maybe there's like an inch difference that you can like just to straighten it up um with the molotov cocktails there is a throwing range when it impacts it's a 50 mil token and then the following turn it extends out to a 70 mil token and then it goes away is the the way that i'm testing it at this stage so we will see uh the idea for me with the molotov cocktails is supposed to be that you can either throw them at people or that you can throw them directly at the ground um so you're either using them as a trap or as a weapon one or the other um and i i would like to think that there would be genuine reasons to do both obviously throwing it at the ground is going to be a lot easier uh than throwing it at a person um so maybe you don't want to slow down and you'll just do that because it'll be easier or maybe you just really want to get this person because if you throw it at the ground maybe they will be able to get out of the way of it before it burns them um but yeah that, that's that's 
that's where things are sitting at this stage. I need to do another round of testing and see how they go. But I've also completely redesigned the tokens that I had designed already. Um, just purely because on the printer that I have, which is a fairly cheap printer. Uh, I mean, it wasn't cheap cheap, but it was cheaper than a lot of others. The, the graphics that I had designed don't turn out great. So I've basically just grayed them out and made them black and white, essentially. Uh, just to make them look nicer for me. Uh, obviously, this is all prototype stuff, so it doesn't really matter. But I kind of wanted them to look nicer. So I've just grayed them out. When it comes to, like, obviously having a real game, then yes, I will have proper real tokens. But we're not at that point yet. So coming along nicely. Let's do game talk. <laughs> Talk nerdy to me. So this is something that I had initially planned to discuss last time mm -hmm. uh, because it was the first episode. Well, it was it was one of the first episodes yeah. of the year, and I kind of thought, like, people talk about setting goals and stuff. Let, let, let's just have a discussion about that now, not just because like hobby goals and like it's not so much it's the new year you have to set a goal, but even just to the point of being realistic with your goals, uh, trying to avoid overwhelming yourself with expectations, uh, just. Just general conversation, like like most of these topics have been. Mm -hmm. um, for me, the big one last year was to uh, get my game to a point where uh, to, to continue development of the game and get it to a certain point. And obviously, I went much further with that goal than I had in, actually envisioned. Um, I haven't specifically set a goal for this year on the game because I, I, towards the end of last year, I got to a point of like I'm, I'm of almost burnout, so I deliberately kind of pulled back a little bit, and then I'm slowly starting to work on it again. Uh, I think for an Entropy City stuff, I think the big thing will be that I, I want to actually make an attempt to start learning how to use things like Blender so that I can at least find an answer to the question of whether it's something I could do myself or not. Obviously, if it's not, then I will need to find new answers for that. Mm -hmm. um, not that the game's ready for miniatures or anything, but I, I need to be able to find out where my limits are sure. without yeah. burning myself out. Uh, but otherwise, like things like uh, building new armies and da-da-da-da. Part of the problem with this hobby, quite frequently, is Shiny Syndrome, and we've discussed mm -hmm. Shiny Syndrome before before as well yep um so have you you haven't really been painting a lot over the last 12 months uh i haven't been painting a lot over the last couple of years yeah. um and 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 so i'm going to i'm just curious if you if you plan to change that or not i'm gonna there's try no to. wrong answer to this uh, it's i'm just gonna try to but so so this is something i uh i started doing several years ago because i used to be one of those people and i discovered something and and i and i i looked at it and it's actually a uh it's a horrible cycle that we put our ourselves through by sitting down and saying new year new year's resolutions new things i'm gonna do by doing yeah. that you actually set yourself up for more failure yep. and or retard yourself and what you're actually attempting to do yeah so that's that said i'm just gonna keep doing what i've been doing if i paint more if i paint i paint more if i play more i play more yep i'm not i'm not gonna set any sort of goal now that being said with what you were doing with you know design development creation of your own game you kind of need to do that i mean you you, you you need to have yeah. like something to move forward to otherwise you won't move forward and you'll you'll stagnate and stall out and then your great idea which it is doesn't come to fruition so yeah. um if i ever wanted to become a real thing i have to work on it yeah. essentially so uh beyond that i mean no not really like yeah there was uh, no wrong answer to that it was just a question yeah um the thing i'm and this isn't like let's discuss our hobby goals it's just talking no. about the subject in general i just thought this was a good place to start yeah although i'm no. not setting a specific goal 
And yes, the idea of sculpting is there. I think what I want to try and do more of this year is when I want to play other games, it's trying to play them to give myself a breather, which is basically what I've been doing for the last few months of I needed yep. a breather. This is my chance to do some other games. Um, so at the moment, like there's quite a few things that we're kind of looking at. We're looking at a game called The Doomed, uh, which is an Osprey game. So it's Ministry Agnostic and so on and so forth. It's kind of based in the future of like it was a very advanced civilization that's kind of collapsed into this feudal state and they're facing these Lovecraftian style horrors and you're just trying to survive slash destroy them and yeah. it's called The Doomed because that's what you are you are the doomed you've been left behind basically um, so I, I will say this because you know you, you mentioned that uh, because it, I think it does have a great concept and I, and I have all of it I do want to have an intimate relationship with the rules for Massive Darkness 2 yep and get a campaign for it going even if it's just me playing four characters like an ongoing campaign because there's a couple of things where it's just like you know they're designed for an ongoing campaign in order to to play that expansion and there's some great ones like you know there's the one that was initial the initial launch on the kickstarter for massive darkness too but then there's the rainbow bridge where you're essentially fighting evil care bears you know and then there's you know the four horsemen where you know you're fighting the four horsemen and then the the last one which when when i was doing the all in on it i was just like oh god this one's really expensive do i really want to do this and it was the dragon one and i'm, I'm glad i did because i i don't know if you remember if you watched the unboxing i did for it that dragon miniature is like like this like it is damn near as big as like uh the galacticus from zombie side and the yeah. the cthulhu uh bigature for the the cthulhu game like it is a huge miniature so like okay postage being what it was so or is it before the postage increases that, that was before the postage the postage oh, okay. increases and I, I remember we talked about that because uh people were flipping out over the galacticus one and so like there's some people like you know they do some things and they understand things about the grand scheme um and the one thing i've done is i was a logistics manager i know what it costs yeah. to get things around the world and i'll tell you this right now as a private party what you pay for shipping for for one of these all-ins what you actually pay is a fraction of what it would actually cost you and so yeah, they, and, they are absorbing some of that in the price of the product well no no they're they're they they actually aren't absorbing anything i'll tell you this right now they aren't absorbing anything because a company will get breaks and shipping oh okay, because mind. because if i go and say ship this 30 pound box okay well that's going to be 60 dollars yep. if Seabon says i'm shipping this 30 pound box oh that's going to be 60 of them i'm shipping 2000 of them oh well that'll be 20 dollars yeah because all you you're, pay, you're paying for the container at that point mm -hmm. so well it's, it's not just container stuff and you can it's, you can divide it between everybody it, it's doorstep service too yeah so like you know us ups fedex um dhl i don't know what's your big parcel service in australia a company will pay less with the contract because they're gonna pay they're gonna be constantly giving you money so you're gonna charge them less so they ship more with you and spend more money yeah you as yeah. the individual they got to get it all up front so um and when people are freaking out about how much this gigantic you know you know what 18 inch tall miniature was going to cost a ship and everyone's freaking out like no that's actually cheap yeah yeah it was. so yeah goals for the year i probably should have brought this out in hobby time this is burrows and badges oh oh you're uh that we looked at last episode yeah, yeah, yeah. i bought some of it did you yeah i did say i'd been fighting it for a while i mean what one of the things that i tried to do last year was and this is a goal that i had set towards the end of last year was trying to control my spending more because part of the problem i've always had with this podcast is that it tempted me to buy things all the time and i make the i, I make the joke that i'm doing that to other people because i've legitimately 
definitely had people criticize me for for it. I'm just going to call them out. JP has quite frequently, jokingly had a go at me about the fact that, oh, you've made me want to buy this. Uh, like, it's my fault. And, and it's it's a joke. It's intended as a joke. Uh, but I do it to myself all the time, too. Um, and I kind of, I, I had that a moment where I realized, hmm, I'm very ADHD in the way that I buy things. Um, so I was trying very, very hard not to. And I went to a point of, I think it was like six or seven months before buying any miniatures. That's the first miniatures I've bought for ages. Um, and it was an impulse, but it's not an impulse that I regret um, because they're just really, really pretty. Um, yeah, I was... It's 100% something I hyper-focused on, though. So let's see. Uh, last year, I backed uh, Death May Die, Fear of the Unknown, and Mordred. Mm-hmm. Mord- Mord- Mordred? Um, two Seamon games. And I thought, I'm doing really good. I've only yep. done two games. I've done the- more than that, but not much more. That was on Kickstarter. And then, then, freaking Game Found had to do the stretch pay, and then Awakened Realms had to do... So, um, yeah. there's um, another there's another Witcher game. Uh, I did the Nemesis, uh, whatever the hell that is. Uh, and then, um, I don't know why back this. Um, it was... Because you wanted it. it. Yes. You're, you're not wrong. Uh, it's called Dragon Eclipse, and it's a, it's a 2v2, you know, like a head-to-head yeah. game. And it's Pokemon-esque inspired, where you have monsters. So it's like... Oh, okay. It's, it's like Super Fantasy Brawl meets Pokemon meets uh, a reputable company. Okay. Sounds so, interesting. Uh, yeah, Going back so. to the actual goals, though. I mean, I, I think if you have a project coming up, setting yourself some goals will definitely help you achieve that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the big thing, obviously, is uh, I have a tournament coming up in June. I need to get this army finished by then. But this is the cliche goal that is set by everybody all the time, especially if you're in the competitive war space where you feel like you have to have a new army every so many months. Uh, and whilst I'm not going to sit here and say that I recommend that because I really don't um, just because like the money that you end up spending getting it depends on how you feel about it but I don't see how you get the value back on it uh, expanding an army that you have and finding a way for the army you have to be competitive I personally find way more value out of uh, than buying whatever is the new hotness every couple of months um, but setting goals can like you kind of touched on this they can be a little bit of a trap sometimes mm-hmm. because so- if you set a goal that's unrealistic like I want to have every miniature I own painted before the end of the year and I'm not allowed to buy anything until then. Um, a, it's never going to happen because I have more miniatures than I could physically paint. I was going to say, I, I, I need to change that from year to decade. So, <laughs> uh, And two, there is no way that you are not going to buy more miniatures before the end of the year. Yeah. Unless you just physically don't have the money for it. Yeah. Um, I, I'm actually already uh, in talks of, of getting that Fire Slayer now. So, uh. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think setting yourself goals on ways to improve yourself is probably the goal yeah so and and i'll go back to the uh i gotta finish this army for a tournament right so i got caught in one of those goals uh Mm -hmm. buddy of mine it was he was a 30k tourney up a adepticon and he was doing world eaters and you know and he he owned a game store so it's like he could spend a lot of his time in the store working on his army while still running the store that worked out for him i was unemployed at the time so that also worked out for me so I was I literally the two of us for 50 hours in a week so 100 hours and we barely got his army ready for Adepticon yeah so I mean it's like to set a goal like that for yourself that is suicide for the hot it can especially if you're doing it that late yeah so yeah and I mean it's it's all well it's all well and good to be really passionate about something and force your way through I mean, this is something that happens in the cosplay scene quite frequently as well. Mm-hmm. well I don't know the last time I heard of a cosplayer that wasn't still putting their costume together the night before the con unless I mean, they're wearing one that they've already made but 
that just doesn't happen. How many times have you seen those uh, TikToks or reels where it's just like, you know, I'm at the con, I'm getting put put on, and I'm doing a couple last minute things before I walk up, yep. walk the floor. Like, you know, there is no if someone is able to actually get something done 100, so they don't have to do something the night before or the day of. They're not the one actually doing it. They are that is yeah, that having, is the point. They're yeah. having someone else do it for them, and they're just showing up with it. Yeah. Yeah. Part of the problem as well, especially in the I want to build an army and I want it to be done by April. Um, like setting those sort of unrealistic goals is what leads people to burnout mm-hmm. as well. Because there's de- you kind of touched on like there's a darker side to setting yourself goals. Mm-hmm. If you're not if you're not careful, you will burn yourself out by trying to force yourself to do things. Yeah. Um, I'm not sitting here saying that you shouldn't set goals. You should, but what you should be doing is setting realistic goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I want to have this squad done. Uh, if you have an army that needs to be done by a certain time, give yourself time to do it or start with an army that's mostly done and you just need to finish perhaps um like like, like so here, here's I a good example have right the ability to do a full army anymore i just yeah. don't so, not mass battle anyway yeah so 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 here here's a good example right because i've got okay my my, my, my most recent two my custodies yeah. and my uh trees the mm-hmm. custodies are at the point right now where if i say what is it february so march like may end of may i need to have my custodies finished you would probably get that that's that's a reasonable goal to set because i have the the biggest part done i've i've done the masking on the weapons i've gotten the the time consuming because you have to wait for every single step of it to be dry before you move to the next step for that chrome yep. paint i've got that done so now i'm just on the detail brush you know yep. like you know that that's that's the next step and you know it, and it's custodian so there's not a lot of them you know the trees if i were to do something like that i'd need longer because they're still only primed i've just only finished magnetizing the bases i still need to print a case for them i still need to, like you know there's also another side of this that we haven't even touched on yet yeah which is that most of us also have a real life to consider well, now, yeah. granted, some of these people are out there like don't have to concern themselves with that and that's fine um like some people are just really really lucky to live in a really environment where they don't have to be concerned about like maybe their hobby is their work like maybe mm-hmm. that's just the way it is uh oh, like, yeah. maybe they are lucky enough to have a big enough twitch stream or or a bit or a big enough whatever that they have managed to monetize that and that becomes their thing mm-hmm. granted a lot of those people end up burning out in the hobby eventually and have to go back to a real job was it a, not everybody but quite just, a few people do well i was just gonna say we just as a hobby had a guy do that here recently wasn't it luke's hobby or something like that maybe i see geek gaming scenic has gone back to real work for, for similar reasons or at least the founder of it so uh, it's definitely something to keep in mind um while george looks that up because it, like, uh, it's burnout yeah, was, is the thing that you will experience at some point if you haven't it will happen yeah uh, it was it was a content creator for, for the hobby and and he went to to go back and get an actual job because he said well you know and it's, it's exactly you know, he was getting burnout of having to make content to yeah and that's yeah that's where have I was going. content that is monetized for him to survive off and that's that was yeah. his issue so it, it's a double-edged sword of you know um if you're lucky enough to be able to do it as a hobby then it also kind of forces you to do a very specific sort of hobby mm-hmm. yeah you don't really the, get to do what you want you have to do what youtube will get attention for or, or and, whatever and then you run the risk of the hobby that you enjoy becoming becomes un- becoming unenjoyable so yeah you and i also kind of have like obviously like there's real life we both have full-time jobs and stuff mm-hmm. uh like we don't make many money any money off this no but we also both have things going on that most people probably don't as well you're working on your house at the same time which is <laughs> a huge commitment which also means you don't always have time like for hobby because all of your energy is put into that and 
I'm in the middle of developing a game and quite frankly when it comes to that if I'm if this is ever going to be a real thing I can't afford to put all of my time and energy into building a brand new Space Marine Army mm-hmm. or learning to play a brand new game that's mass battle I can get well, away with I can get away with skirmish size stuff because it's not as much of a commitment well and I was going to say too you know like there's been a huge trend change too of you know the skirmish size yes you know like kill team has gotten huge blood yep. bowl in my area is huge because it's that skirmish size i, I it's think the more popular gaming size of the stage and has been for a while well and, and i think when you're looking at you know you know here in the states like you know the cost of living has just gotten to the point of you know just because like oh yeah i make this much a year but you have to spend you know three quarters of that on your your living like that yep. doesn't leave a lot towards you know hobby and so spending the you know you know the exaggeration of you know the comic you're like oh it's a 2000 point army i thought you said you spent two thousand dollars on it well no no that's yeah you, you actually spent five thousand dollars on it uh like that's you know it's got to the point to where that's not a feasible part of the hobby anymore so you but know some people are really lucky yeah and some people can afford to do that and i'm not going to sit here and criticize them for the fact that that's where they want to put their money it's great that you have something that mm-hmm. you want to put your money towards that you're passionate about but most of us aren't in that boat and and the and then once you've, you know, I, I am on time... I am on a relatively tight income like I have yeah. to be really careful with my spending um the point where the reason I pulled my uh, tighten my belt is because I needed to tighten my belt I was yeah. getting <laughs> it was getting the amount well, of things that I brought and never used was just getting stupidly ridiculous that, yeah, anyway well we kind of got off track but I, I think I think we've kind of touched on the the, the basis yeah of I, what I was trying to get at like that sitting goal and gaming whether they're for games or hobby is good but they you need to be realistic about it and you need to consider that not all goals are going to end well if you're not careful about your own health mm-hmm. stuff yeah so sure. shall we talk about some upcoming events tournament demos conventions you know that kind of stuff all right so we're starting with the melbourne figure painters collective uh first things first they have moved they're no longer at the library uh their new location where they're meeting is the gaming arena which is on barker's Road in Coburn North, still from 12 to 5, still on the last Friday, Sunday of every month. Uh, their next meeting is on the 25th of February. I still haven't gotten there yet. Again, I- I'm intending to get there this time. I know I've said that a few times at the stage, but I, I am trying to get there. Um, it just, things got out of hand and I never got there. Uh, there's a new Drop Fleet Commander tournament coming at Firestorm Games in Cardiff, happening on the 3rd of March. Arcfest is still coming up. Uh, I spoke about this recently. It takes place at the Sandown Racecourse in Melbourne on April 27th and 28th. This is the first time Ark has really ventured outside of Infinity, at least as far as sorry, um, outside of 40k as far as I know. Uh, and they're trying to make this like an actual proper tabletop event, kind of like what CanberraCon is. Um, so you've got Infinity, you've got Age of Sigma, you've got uh, Necromunda, uh, you've got Marvel Crisis Protocol. Like there's several different tournaments all happening at the same time. Uh, and I really think that this is something that we really want to get behind because we, we want to have a proper tabletop con. PAX tries to be that, but it's not that. Um, um, like it's like it's an attached thing to the side, and very clearly video games gets most of the attention, which is fine. I love PAX, uh, but it would be nice to get like a proper tabletop t- um, con going. Uh, Nana Wanning's War Game Association has a saga tournament coming up at the Blackburn RSL. It takes place on the 19th of May from 9 in the morning till 5 o'clock at night. And here is a big one. Now, the next event that I'm going to talk about is already sold out and it has a wait list. So why am I talking about this? Well, a group of people have gotten together and they have decided to run a Warhammer 
40k tournament for third edition yeah there is a percentage of there is a percentage of you out there that really want this event to go well because you want them to do this with other games everybody that cries and screams about how the other versions of the games were better wants this to be successful uh this is taking place from the 9th till the uh, sorry it's taking place on the 22nd of june uh at the uh the address is 9 to 11 the esplanade at north shore uh it's on the 22nd and 23rd of june at five o'clock uh it's third palooza the eye of terror if you're if you're passionate about the if, if you're passionate about old hammer and you have been aching to get a game of the old version of the game this is the event you want to be following and i would argue that you probably want to get your name on that wait list even though realistically you probably won't get a spot at this stage but i'd still probably suggest that if you are one of those people i am not one of these people just for the record um but if you are you want to get your name on this um because if this is successful it will happen again and other things will happen and it will show that there is a percentage of people out there that want this to happen so i'm kind of surprised it's this sold out really quickly to the point where i was very surprised yeah that's uh like i can understand if like you know if it was warhammer 7th edition like you know like break out those armies get excited again because you know it's back you know let's get a seventh you know because you know we don't we i i don't know what the rule sets are like for all, all the all the faction chats so but yeah i think that's really cool that you know it's almost a way of sticking it to games workshop of like all this new crap you've done no, no no we want this we want we want this old janky stuff yeah it does kind of feel a little bit like yep no nah, we don't care this is what we want um yeah so that, that is that is the upcoming events uh we want to thank valhalla hobby for sponsoring us i say this every episode valhalla hobby have looked after us really well they are the only reason that we can afford to have getting um if there's ever a story that we have covered that you want to look at the details on the links for all of those stories are only ever found in two places patreon and on gettingtable.com and it's only ever the current episode that has the links for the story so that will be updated at some stage later today once the episode goes live um so by the time you're listening to this it's all there uh, as for valhalla hobby they are a gaming store based in verona wisconsin uh they have your regulars like they have your warhammer 40k stuff they have your age of sigma stuff they have dnd stuff apparently they don't sell a lot of it but they do have it they have magic the gathering but they have a real passion for the niche indie side of this industry which is what got us together to begin with it's the reason that they reached out to us because it's what we're passionate about as well so they have bushido they have tt combat stuff they have black site studio stuff uh they have access to all of this sort of stuff as well as your regulars uh i would highly recommend reaching out to them um they do have a website valhallahobby.com uh if you use the code tabled on your first on your first order you'll get five percent off any order over a hundred dollars it is a one year's code apparently it always was but that somehow got missed at some point um they also have amazing prices and i mean genuinely that the, we started shopping there before this happened because they were the cheapest uh that we could find so we, we highly recommend them and we feel very comfortable recommending them especially if you're in the u.s for obvious reasons otherwise thank you very much george we have no gentleman to thank this week so i'm just gonna thank you instead whoa i'm being thanked please come and support us on patreon.com slash getting tabled it is two dollars a month that goes into keeping the lights on that pays for the website the soundcloud anything we use that is out of our control for storage and content whatnot uh that's what those funds are used for it doesn't go into our pockets uh of course you can find us at gettingtabled.com uh i just went went there and looked again it is a good looking site it's where you know we have links to all these news articles the videos and everything we uh produce uh of course you can find us on facebook.com slash game table that's where we go for social media 
stuff. Uh, we post the links to the videos and stories and whatnot on that Facebook page. Uh, we're variable reachable through that. Of course, you can find all the videos we do on youtube.com slash game table. That's where the video version of this podcast unboxings and everything else we do goes up on YouTube. Uh, you can email us at getting tabled at gmail.com. Got any questions, anything you want us to know about email us. We'd love to get an email from you about anything. Uh, we've got a discord. The link is in the description. Uh, we have a X and Instagram at getting tabled. Uh, they're there. We haven't really used them much. We should probably work on that. Um, and then Bruce has a Twitch that he's doing casually, which is twitch TV slash Jason, the Bruce, uh, keep an eye out for that. You might see him doing something. And then of course, Bruce has another little side project, youtube.com slash toy reel. Is there anything else that I missed? Uh, no, that's pretty much everything. Uh, description, uh, links and everything is in the description, uh, for all of our socials. Please give us a follow, give us a subscribe, um, on whatever platforms it is that you're using. We really appreciate it. We do. Should I play, push that button, Bruce? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For listening to Getting Table, music used in this podcast was created by Eric Mataris at soundimage.org. Bruce is going to say play more games.